across the world, real estate agents are underachieving. They're missing out on millions of dollars in commissions. My name is Pat Hyben, and in the past 27 years, I've sold over 6,000 homes, selling over a billion dollars in real estate volume. My plan is to interview agents from across the world and help all agents create their destiny. Happy Wednesday, Rockstar Nation. Your hump day is going good. Hope everybody is doing great, man. Checking back in. I just got over my jet lag from my trip to Vietnam. It was amazing. I had a lot of fun doing that intro there for you guys from deep in Vietnam. We went deep in the jungle. Felt like really what it was to be a soldier there. We kind of traveled uh, on the Ho Chi Minh Trail and we probably crossed over about over a hundred streams and and uh, rivers and things like that I got waist deep in the water slept in a cave slept on a boat in Halong Bay what a freak of nature that is that is the most amazing one of the most serene amazing surroundings that I've ever been in in my life highly recommend that went to Da Nang, Hoi An, stayed in Hue, stayed in uh, Saigon or Ho Chi Minh City. I mean, it was uh, amazing. Spent a day riding motorcycles along the coast. It was just one bombastic trip uh, with my GoBundance brothers. If you're a if you're a successful businessman and want to talk with other businessmen about uh you know life and making money and um staying healthy uh check out gobundance check out www.gobundance.com gobundance.com uh, fill out an application we'd be happy to consider you into our tribe listen we got an incredible week this week of course today we got john ames the doctor of real estate they call him that because he he literally runs his office like a uh, doctor's office. Coming up Friday, we got Trey Willard from Berkshire Hathaway, one of the top agents at Berkshire Hathaway. And then next week, I got uh, Samir, Samir Kurashi. Now, this guy, listen to this, and I'm not making this number up 742 Zillow reviews. If you know anybody that's got that many or more than that, I challenge you to. To put him out there online and tell me about him because I need to get him on the show. But Samir has 742. That is an amazing amount. Then we got when, next Wednesday, got Harrison Beecher. He's he's one of the top 30 under 30 guys for uh, 2016. And then Friday, we got uh, Joshua Stern. And uh, Josh is doing 340. He did 343 deals last year. Yeah, he's going to do way more than that this year, so he's someone to definitely pay attention to. A couple other things. Thanks so much, first of all, for all everyone's reviews on iTunes, on podcasts on iTunes. I appreciate that. I got this one from Robert Minchu. So I am in the process of getting my real estate license. I've been listening to this podcast before I even started my classes. I love this and feel that once, my, once I start my career, I will be, already have a leg up. Robert Minchu, five stars. I got RK Razas. I didn't realize that this podcast existed, but I found it and I love it. Great content. Every podcast has so many little nuggets 
that I can implement into my business. Your CLA course sounds amazing. RK Razis, uh, five stars. Thank you, RK. Hey, speaking of the CLA course, we have 13 people that have graduated and gotten their certificates. They've been able to post their CLA certificates up on LinkedIn and put CLA on their business card and they have passed with an 80% or better sum uh, with high 90s in, in the course. So kudos to them. Here's who I got so far. I got Jacob Gessner, Matthew Pivik, Alex Norcus, Dion Jones, Audrey Shea, Paul Russo, Riru Wen, Jason Hinnish, Jeffrey Twig, Marcus Van Zant, Yvonne Holland, Adrian Garza, and Michael William Rieg. It's uh, also Bill Rieg, it looks like. It goes by Bill Rieg. So that's 13. Amazing. Thank you so much. And uh, I know I've seen your comments up on the discussion board. Once you sign up for the class, you get up on the discussion board. You could talk with other people taking the class, talk about different quizzes that you failed or you aced or you um, struggled with or you felt were funny. Thanks for all the comments on there. Um, if you haven't gotten the course or gotten into the course, uh, don't forget it's hybendigital.com backslash discount. Hybendigital.com backslash discount. Give you a hundred bucks off. We've had several people buy it even without the discount. So there's definitely a proof of price concept there and it's well, well, well worth it. So hundred bucks off hybendigital.com backslash discount. And let's jump into John Ames today, man. This is going to be good. Good to be back from Vietnam, guys, and looking forward to rocking out the rest of September with you. Thanks. Bye. Okay, Rockstar Nation, we have a great guest today coming from St. George, Utah. I got Mr. John Ames, who is kicking ass and taking names, and uh, we're going to talk about today's real estate market and what it is doing and not doing so john what's going on welcome to pat hyben interviews real estate rock stars hey pat john ames here hey everybody john ames in st george utah happy to be on the call excited to talk to you about the market and what we see happening more importantly what we think national real estate syndicators national forecasters and probably the best real estate coaches in the industry are, are talking about Wow. So with that, Pat, with that, Pat what, do you, what are you hearing? What's the consensus you're hearing from agents as you talk to them? You know, that's great. So they, obviously, you know, the cliche that we've heard for probably the last five years has been, you know, it depends on the neighborhood, depends on the zip code when you try to get a straight answer. A lot of times I'll see an agent and I'll say, you're in a buyer's market, you're in a seller's mm -hmm. market, you're in equilibrium. And they'll say, oh, uh, Depends on the price yep. range. Depends on the zip code. And what do you think about that? Yep. All right. So, so here's my take. And, and Pat, I'd start this off by saying that uh, that I'm coached by Mike Ferry personally and have been for 14 years myself and my team. Um, so he's kind of my gospel go-to guy. And I, I would, you know, there's a lot of great people out there. You know, there's there's so many people that are focused on the real estate market. But this this is my perspective based on what I'm seeing. And again. I, I am close friends with probably 
probably 125 of the top 500 agents in the United States. So I talk to them weekly. Denver, Dallas, uh, San Francisco, San Diego, um, all those major U.S. metro markets. My friends, we all talk and share information on a weekly basis. And this is what I'm seeing. This is what I'm hearing. And this is what um, I was in. I was in Las Vegas a week ago for four days with Mike Ferry. And Mike, in his in his first day, talked about the fact that we've been in a on a record pace market for the last two and a half years. And I think most agents would agree that homes in the mid to lower price range, if it's been priced right, it's gone. Well, here's the challenge we have. As a result of that, most agents know that when you take a a mid-level home in your marketplace and you suddenly go from having one buyer in a 60-day time period to having three buyers in a 30-day time period, that demand drives up price. Well, subsequently, in most markets in the United States, We've driven our average home prices up, particularly in our, our mid-range, our starter home price ranges, whatever that is in each market. We've driven those prices up by anywhere from 10 to 20% over the last three years. Well, suddenly, we're now, we're, we're now creating, Pat, what we created back in 2004, 2005 is we're to the point where we're pricing everyone out of the market again. Well, okay, so let's stop right there. So uh, I agree with everything you said that the only difference is – I don't know, and you can address this, I don't know if it has reached that level with regards to appreciation and price. Now, here's where it has reached and or exceeded, and that's number of units. I don't, I don't know right. the exact number of units, but I think the same amount of units are spinning, if not more, than they were 10 years ago, 12 years ago. The question, right. again, and I don't know the answer, the question is, are the prices back to that level? Are the prices back, are we, uh, you know, in markets that you're, people you're talking to, are they at or above 2005 prices? No. Most of the major markets and, and my, my peers, many of you whom you know as well, Pat, would tell us that most markets have not recovered to that price point, which I hope we never do again, frankly. That was insanity. And it was that's what created the problem in the first place. Was we created uh, we created paper value that was never there anyway. But in terms of like our market, our market when our market fell, the average home in Southern Utah fell 45% on average across the board. Average home, whether it was a million three house or a two hundred and forty thousand dollar house, most of those houses fell about 45% on average in our marketplace. So in terms of our St. George market, our homes are still not recovered at those price points. What Nor year? What year would you say? What year would you say you're at? If you had to pick a year, two thousand two. Yeah, I would say we're back to about two thousand two, early two thousand three prices. Okay. In terms of our marketplace, all right. Which is which is what I call a stable market. Yep. And again, that's that's what we as agents, every agent should pray for a stable market because you have an equilibrium of supply, you have an equilibrium of buyers. Now, now, and it provides a a foundation for a normal real estate appreciation on an annual basis. Now, for me as a, as a Mike Ferry agent, I don't want a stable market. I want a market that's going up, and more importantly, I really want a market that's going down. And the reason I want a market going down is because if you're a good agent and you really know your market stats and you really have a marketing program and you can provide value to clients, in a falling market, most agents have no skill set, 
They have no marketing ability. They have no outreach capability. They don't really have a value proposition for their sellers. And that's why you see so many agents fall out of the industry, Pat, in a downturn market. It's a lot harder to sell a house. Clients are more demanding. And more importantly, is agents consistently overprice houses in a downturn market. So it's feast or famine for a lot of agents in a downturn market. That's why there's so many agents that fall out. Whereas a, a, an agent with skill set, an agent with, with marketing reach, and an agent with a database will thrive in a downturn market. So me personally, oh. I love a market when it turns down. Okay, okay. So let's, let's stop here. So I agree with what you're saying, although... There is a when and and this is based on, you know, I've been licensed 28 years now. And this is mainly based on the last downturn we had, right? So if we start seeing a downturn again and we ha- I have talked to some agents recently on the show that are are seeing flattened markets. I had one yesterday, Greg Gorman Naples, Florida. He he's um, yep. they're they're like, you know, flat now. Right. Okay. So so what happens is you have this period of time where denial exists. So the yes. sellers are in denial that their house yes. is worth less, not more than what their neighbor sell, sold for. Their seller is in denial that it's no longer a seller's market, that it's becoming a, more of an equilibrium market or a buyer's market. So what happens in my mind is what I see, if you're like, say, uh, to generalize, a Mike Ferry agent, right? Uh, a lot of the Mike Ferry uh, agent philosophy is is based on price, right? If you're not, if you're not in line with the price, I'm out of there. So I think oh. that that you go, you're going to go through this phase where you're spinning off sellers. Sorry, sorry, sorry for your luck. You know, you either list with me this price or screw you. And then and right. you lose listings. And I'm not saying you lose commissions, but you lose listings to agents who. Uh, empathize with the seller's denial and be like, okay, we'll list it there. We'll list it there. We'll list it there. And then when they finally get to the point where they like, okay, you're right. Then, then the Mike Ferry agent, again, to generalize, then the agent um, who's highly price focused starts collecting all these expired listings and all these listings that uh, you know, I told you so sort of deals and benefits, but you have to go through that vortex that lasts, it could last a, a year or more where this denial exists and, and you struggle again, generalizing through that yep. because you're like, no nonsense. You're like, Hey, well next, I mean, you'll probably have to do 10 appointments to get one listing. So to your point, as the market starts to turn, there will be fewer agents taking listings, listings to your point. Because agents, well, sellers still have this higher expectation. So whether you're a Mike, Mike Ferry agent or not, I mean, every agent on this call can empathize with the fact of what happens when you take an overpriced listing. And the fact is, the only thing that happens is, A, you don't sell a house, and B, you have a very frustrated seller within 90 days, and you can go from the best relationship when you started that selling process to suddenly the seller doesn't like you, they don't refer you, they don't return your phone calls regularly, and it gets to where they can't, they can't wait to get rid of you as the agent, right? So the only time a good agent, not even a Mike Ferry agent, because, again, Mike will tell you, don't take overpriced listings. That's just part of our core fundamental belief as a, and any agent, a good agent, should have that same philosophy. Now, Pat, there are so many agents out there that will take a listing at any price, under any terms, 
for any any commission, and then their program is nothing but prayer and hope that somebody comes and comes and writes an offer, and that they prayerfully can can negotiate an offer to get that house for contract. So, so for every listing that I take, my team and I we turn down two or three listings. Yeah, and because I, I will not, I will I will not take an overpriced listing unless unless Pat unless that seller is very motivated, meaning they've already told me in our pre-qualification script, they absolutely have to move within 60 to 90 days. They've taken a new job. They're getting married. It's a sale where someone has passed away in a family and they're moving a parent or someone to a care facility where, where they'll be motivated to test the market, but they want the house sold within a 60, 90, 120-day longest so they're going to um, drop the price, and you know in your mind, but they just yeah. don't know yet. Yes, yeah, so and I think, the, I think the way we can tell people listening to prepare, if their market starts to flat, I think there's a couple yep. things we can advise them. I would, And number one, I would advise them, hey, you know, first of all, this is not temporary. I think that what happens is agents in their mind, they're like, oh, well, next week it's going to get better. Or as soon as the weather clears up, it's going to get better. Well, that's BS, you know, that – Right. When a market starts to flatten and it starts to drop after that, right? <laughs> That's and the, right. And the second thing is, like you say, hey, I turn down two or three for every one we get. Well, I think you got to start p- telling your team, hey, we turn down four or five for every one we get in a market where it's a transitional market. That is true because Pat, what what happens in a what happens in a downturn market to the number of buyers buyer transaction? What happens to them? Do they go up or they, down? No, they go down. Yeah, they go down. So that means. That means even a good agent with a, a, a good portfolio of listings is still going to sell fewer houses. So what that says is that an agent to maintain their production and to have market penetration, they have to do two things. Number one is they have to be more consistent on price reductions than they've ever been. And so we have a very, very proactive price reduction program. Um, even today on all of our listings we go out, our first price reduction is right in the listing packet. And we get it signed to and agreed as part of the listing. The next thing you've got to do is you've got to set the expectation with that seller as to what they should expect to happen in terms of number of showings, more importantly, the second number of showings and or an offer in the first 10 days. Because if you queue that up right with that seller and you tell them, if we don't have a strong second showing or an offer in the first 10 to 14 days, the market's telling us you're overpriced, and we're going to suggest you go to price X. And we do that as part of every listing presentation we do. So it's really easy for us to get our first price adjustment if it's necessary. But if you don't do that, agents, as you know, are afraid. They're scared to call the agent or the seller and have that discussion with them. And more importantly, if you're not communicating with your seller, Pat, and giving them regular feedback every three to five days, giving them a weekly report, MLS stats, number of houses that have sold like theirs, number that came on, days on market, it's really tough to get those price adjustments. Now, the good news is, as the market turns and trends down, strong agents are going to have fewer competitors in terms of agents because the ones who've been able to thrive in this market, it's easy to sell a house in this market. For heaven's sakes, a for sale by owner can sell in this market. But as the market turns, buyers will start coming back asking for agents' assistance and the ones who have a real marketing program will thrive. Okay, John. So let's let, let's role play if we could, if you don't mind. I, let's pretend I'm a seller, 
and um, I've signed with you and agreed to a 10-day drop, and now I'm, I'm having second thoughts, okay? So you're calling me, telling me, hey, you know, the house is going to drop, and let's just role-play this, okay? Sure. All right, let's assume, let's assume, Pat, we listed you at 350 and as part of the listing, I said, if we don't have a strong second showing or an offer between 10, then day 10 and day 14, that we're going to do a $15,000 market adjustment. Okay? Okay. Sounds good. All right. Uh, all right. So, um, so here's, here's how we do it. It's day 10. Ring, ring. Hello. Hey, Pat. John Angel Realtor. How are you? What's up, John? Good. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Do you have just a minute for me? Yes, Absolutely. I want to uh, give you a weekly update relative to your property. So, Pat, as you know, when we listed with you and your wife, Samantha, when we came out and did the market analysis, we suggested a list price of three thirty nine nine, and you asked us to start a little bit higher at three forty nine nine. correct? Yes, exactly. Okay. And we agreed that we'd go ahead and test the market for that 10-day period, but with the, with the agreement and understanding that we know we've priced a property right, like yours in comparable neighborhoods, when we get at least seven to ten showings, and we've got at least one second showing. We discussed that, correct, Pat? We did, John. Yes, we did. Good. Okay. So as you've seen from our reports for the last two weeks, we've only had four showings on your house. We've had no second showings on your house. And more importantly is three of the other houses that we used as a comparison benchmark that had just come on the, the market in your same price range Two of those three houses are now under contract, and I emailed both of those to you in the last two days. One of those houses went under contract at three twenty six nine, and one of the properties went under contract at three thirty two nine. And both those houses, similar square footage to yours, similar age and condition, both those houses listed for ten thousand dollars less than your house initially, and yet two of those are under contract. So I think you would agree the market's telling us that we've overpriced your house. Would you agree with that? Well, John, you know, I know I had told you 10 days, but, you know, it was raining really hard last weekend, and nobody wanted to go out in that rain. And it, it just the sign actually didn't, you know, show up till two days after we were on the market. So I really only think we've been on the market eight days. And it's just... I'm just not ready to drop the price. I just want to keep going at uh, three forty nine nine and uh, let the chips fall where they may. Okay. Well, so Pat, Pat, what I hear you saying is you, you and your wife are okay helping to sell your neighbors' houses by keeping your house at this price. Is that is that what you want to do? Help the neighbors sell their houses? I'm at a loss, John. Well, so if if there are four other houses within a three block radius of your house. And your house is listed three forty nine nine, and the other three houses are all at three thirty nine to three twenty five currently, built the same year as yours, square footage within two hundred square feet, and yet those houses are all ten thousand dollars minimum less than your house. Which house do you think buyers are going to go look at, Pat? Well, I know for a fact that none of them have an electric fireplace or shelves in the garage. Okay, and Pat. Do you have a fireplace and shelves in the garage for your personal enjoyment, or did you do that to resell the house at a later time? Personal enjoyment. Okay. And have you enjoyed them? Have they been nice for you and your wife? Oh, absolutely. Okay. So what if one of these buyers that's looking for a house actually doesn't want a fireplace in the house? Then how much value does that fireplace have to a buyer? None. 
Well, exactly. And, and again, as you can see from the reports I sent you the last two weeks, we had huge web traffic on your, on your house the first six days. We had over, over 1,400 web hits on, on, uh, on the MLS and on Zillow on the reports I sent you. And yet our, our web traffic has gone really flat the last five days, which means buyers are not looking at your house any longer on the web. So, Pat, I mean, the question becomes, you know, you told me that you and your wife wanted to move to San Diego within 90 days, right? Yes, Definitely. And you said you'd already picked the house in that neighborhood down there so you could be within two minutes of the beach to be by your family, correct? Yes, indeed. Okay. So do you guys want to spend your next 90 days here in St. George? Or would you rather do the $15,000 adjustment that we discussed up front so that you and your family can be together in the next 60 days down in San Diego? What's better for you? Well, I understand. Yes, I understand. How about how about we do this? How about we drop it uh, three grand? How about we drop it to... You know, three forty six nine. You know, Pat, I would I would tell you honestly, a three thousand dollar adjustment will, will not get the attention of any buyer in your price range. And again, we we overpriced your house by ten thousand dollars, based on what the market comps told us your house is worth. So three thousand dollars, you still won't even be in the real price range of the other two houses, the other three houses that are listed in your neighborhood, or the other two that just went pending. You've got to do at least a ten thousand dollar adjustment to get in the real price range, Pat. Hmm. let's do the right thing. I'm going to send you the email right now. Just reply to the email. Just reply yes. And as soon as I get that email back, these are the things I'm going to do for you. Number one is I'm going to contact every agent that's called or emailed us about your house. Number two, I'm going to go through my entire database with my buyer agent team and contact at least 40 people that we know have looked at houses in your price range with us in the last two weeks and tell them that your house is now the best value in that neighborhood. Number three I'm going to put you on the front page of my weekly market snapshot and market your property as the deal of the week. And number four is I'm going to email my entire client database of everyone who's contacted us in the last four months for a house under $350,000. And I will do those things in the next 24 hours. So if you'll get that email back to me in the next 20 minutes, my team and I will go to work on that, okay? All right. Sounds good, Jim. Good. Thank you, Pat. So that was really good. I mean, I like how you said, I like, you know, I like how you nailed the coffin down with what you're going to do immediately. And you had that list in your head and it really sealed it because, you know, I'm thinking, okay, it's not like I'm doing the hard thing as a seller and losing 10 grand and John's not doing anything. It's like, you know, John's doing all this work. I might as well, you know, do it you know, and, and be worthy of it. Does that make sense? Yep. And so to that point, our coach, Mike Ferry, always says you have to provide a value proposition to your client. So whenever you call a client, whenever you talk with your client, whenever you meet with your client, whenever you send a document to them or email, whenever any correspondence with them, you always have to have a value proposition for them. And as well, if it's the right thing, you've got to have an action item for them because those are the things that will get a client to engage. So you have to ask them and tell them to do something. It's not, Pat, I didn't say, hey, Pat, would you like to do a price reduction? I told you, Pat, we need to do the $15,000 price adjustment. When I send you the email, you're going to reply yes to it. So you're, you're giving embedded commands to your client to do something. Does that hmm. make sense? Yeah. 
That's great. I loved it. I loved it. And I love how you did it through email. It made it not complicated at all, you know? And you never ask them. You never ask them. You tell them to do something, and you tell them that you're doing something every time. Because if you ask them, it becomes a debate. It becomes a debate. If you tell them, then it, it, it reminds them, Pat is the boss. Pat is my realtor. Pat is the expert that I hired. When you go to the doctor, does the doctor really always ask you, well, see, Pat, you know, what would you like to do? You've got, you've got stage two uh, testicular cancer. What do you like to do? No. The doctor's going to say, <laughs> Pat, I suggest that we do a radiation treatment and chemo and so forth. So you got to have an action plan and be the professional. Because, guys, you're professionals. These people pay you a lot of money. They, they're hiring you as professionals and experts. So act like one and provide value to your clients because you're the professional that you are. Okay, I, next, next, step on, next step on price reductions. The other thing is, is that let's say you get out another 60 days and the house still hasn't sold. You've already done two price adjustments. Well, what are you doing at that point? Okay, so it's really tough to start getting price adjustments now at 60 days out, guys, unless unless you're providing your clients weekly market data. So you've got to be providing your clients something they see every single week so that at week two and three and four and five, they understand why their house is not, not selling. And more importantly is you want to show your clients that homes are selling your price range every single week and the market's telling us that they're not picking your house and you've got to provide some data to them as, as to why. So the next thing that we do that's really important is, number two, we provide real strong market stats to our clients. Real strong weekly okay, market so, stats. So t talk to me about that. So clearly you're not just sending them a link to, you know, the MLS report of their zip code. Like, no. How do you break these down so that they can look at them quickly and understand them quickly without having to – put on their glasses, get a cup of coffee, and spend half an hour in peace and quiet going over them? Good, good question. So on the Ames team, we have a customer concierge. And my customer concierge does nothing but make outbound phone calls to my clients on a daily basis. And we do outreach to them to see what questions or concerns they have, number one, on a weekly basis. Number two is she calls each of my clients on a weekly basis to ensure that they receive the four reports that we sent them and to see if they have any questions about those. Because it accomplishes two things. Number one is if they acknowledge, yes, I looked at the reports you sent me, they can see how many houses sold, which, you know, helps you with your initiative to get a price adjustment. Number, number two, it reminds your client, John Ames and Pat Habon are actually doing something other realtors don't do for me, and that is they're actually providing me communication and feedback, which is the number one complaint sellers always have the agents. I never hear from my agent. I never hear from my agent. Well, on my team, three and a half years ago, I decided I'm never going to hear that comment again. So I put a customer concierge on my team, and I have clients now, Pat, say, stop. I don't <laughs> need this much. That was three and a half what, years what, ago. What is the script that. she says that, that when she calls? Like, can you, can you help me out with that? What does she say? Sure. Absolutely. This is a script because I know the script because I wrote it. I did it myself for over over nine years. Hi, Pat. This is John Ames. How are you? Good. 
Good. Hey, I'm calling to make sure you received the four reports I sent you this week. Did you have a chance to look at those? Um, no. Okay. So the most important thing I hope you looked at is on our weekly market snapshot report. In your price range, Pat, I wanted you to note that another 22 houses came on the came on the market in your price range to last week. 22 houses, and more importantly, there were six houses in your price range specifically that went pending. John wanted me to bring your attention to that. So if you look at that report, that would be great. And then more importantly is the fact that um, of the two showings we had last week, I wanted to go over the comments with you. We would already emailed those to you. But did you note that both clients commented on the fact that they're concerned about the cracked concrete on the back patio and that it's setting, setting a little bit? And then as well, both of the clients gave us some price feedback one of them indicated they felt we were about eight thousand overpriced, and the other client felt we were twelve to fourteen thousand dollars overpriced. Now John's already called them back and told them to go ahead and write an offer addressing those two issues in their offer. But John wanted me specifically to call you to, to cover those comments with you. Did you see those comments from our showing feedback? Yeah, yeah, we saw that. Good. And John was wondering if you would like to take care of the uh, replacing the back patio, and or John suggested we do a $10,000 market adjustment based on the feedback from clients this week. Um, are you okay doing that price adjustment this week, $10,000? I think we're going to wait. Okay. I'll, I'll communicate that to John and have him give you a call. Do you have any other questions? Nope, that's it. Thank you. All right. I'll have John give you a call in the next couple of hours, Pat. Thank you. Okay, so, so here's what I saw there. Uh, first of all, I like how you said, you know, John, John, John. And knowing full well John may not have said that or not, you know, pointed out that, but that sounded good. The second thing right. is the market snapshot. I want to ask you about that. So is is sure. this like some is this like a baseball card that you've yeah. created that uh -huh. this concierge has on her screen? Yeah. And what's so it, what's what included was, in that? Yeah. Good question. So my 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 weekly market snapshot report is just basically a little report that I do. It's generic about our marketplace, but but I do specific price ranges. So I, I cut my market to six price ranges: zero to two fifty, two fifty to four hundred, four hundred to six hundred, six hundred to seven fifty, seven fifty to a million one, and a million one plus. And you could you could do any price range cuts that you want relative to your own marketplace. And then what I do is my concierge on a weekly basis. She'll generate the components for each one of those price ranges it has five things. It has how many houses are active in that price range, how many houses are pending in that price range, how many houses went pending the current week, how many listings came on that week, and how many houses actually closed in that price range. Hmm. Those five things. And then as well, I have a days on market below that. So hmm. every week, a client will be able to focus on their price range of their house, and they'll be able to see what their competition is. And that's just in like big numbers, right? Like boxes with yeah. big numbers. So yeah. yeah, I like that. I like that because a lot of people do these things on MLS and they got to scroll through <laughs> all the addresses yeah. and all this. No. no. So when I send my report out, it is one page on their screen. They can read it in 30 to 60 seconds. So they'll actually read it. And with two or three weeks of that report, our client suddenly becomes an expert in their own price range. And it's interesting because when I send that report out to all my listing clients, um, I currently have about 80 listings. 
it is not uncommon for me to get four to seven responses from my clients. Well, they'll just respond to the email and say, John, based on the recent information, I think I need to do a price adjustment. Happens all the time. All the time. Because that report and those numbers in their face every single week. Number two, number two is the fact that my concierge is in constant communication with them. And I'm sorry, my mind just went blank. Yeah, that's all right. So anyway, so she does a weekly, a weekly follow-up on that every single week, which really helps us to get those price adjustments. Right, right, yeah. And it works, and it works, and I love it. And I love how you have that story about how three and a half years ago you were like, you know, you, you, you got so much of that. Now, here's the thing, guys. You're going to have a lot more of this with this softening market that John and I talked oh. about. You're going to have more and more. So now is the time to get your concierge in there and have them on the phone nonstop. Now is the time to hire this additional employee. You might be like, hey, I don't really want to hire additional employee if less houses are going to be selling. Well, you're going to even have less, less, less houses if you don't have this concierge. You're going to have a lot of aggravation if you don't have so, it. And so anyway, so here's, go ahead. Here's here's the, here's the one thing I've learned through, you know, 14 years and 3,500 properties sold and probably, gosh, in that 14 years, I've probably had, uh, I have about 16 expires a year. So 16 times, so 200, so 250 expires. Here's the one thing I've learned, Pat. If you're going to be a good agent, you better get to where you're not emotional about, about about calling your clients for a price adjustment. You better get over that really quick and not care. Because if you can't get a price adjustment, you're going to sit there and suffer for, for, through six months of agony with your client. And more importantly, you're not going to get a paycheck. And if you're doing your job to get that a price adjustment, the day that property gets that offer, your client will love you again. They will yell, they will kick, they will scream, they will insist they're not going to do it. But when they get that offer, it'll be high fives and you are my hero. I love it. I love it. Well, John, this has been extremely timely and two LYs in a row. This has been great, uh, very timely and very helpful. And I think people, a lot of people listening to this may scoff at this right now, but I think it's going to be yeah. a, it's going to be a great interview to go back to six months from now, nine months yep. from now, 12 months from now, and be like, okay, now let's do this. Now let's do this. Let me hear that again. So I really appreciate you coming on and sharing it. And, uh, you know, I wish you the best of luck next time I'm out in St. George, Utah, surrounding areas, I will definitely look you up, buddy. Pat, I look forward to seeing you and all you out there listening. If you got a client move to St. George, Utah, send them to me and you'll get a paycheck. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.